Amplify, Creators of Color Podcast Network. Welcome once, twice, and three times over. Yo, back by popular demand. It's your favorite one-man band. I'm LB. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of According to Man. Brought to you by Rise Chattanooga under the Amplified Umbrella. When I tell you, I'd be lying, man, if I didn't say that. It feels so amazing, man, when I get compliments on what I'm wearing, you know, how I'm presenting myself. But let me tell you one that take me to a whole nother level. When I get a compliment on whatever scent it is that I'm wearing, man, listen here, let me tell you something. I try to play it cool, like, oh, it ain't no big deal. Oh, man, I'll be on cloud nine. You hear me? Like, so I'm going to tell you this. Um, I walked into this place, casual place, and I was going to meet a couple friends to, you know, grab a bite to eat, get something to drink. Let me tell you something. It was a couple of platonic women friends. And when they complimented my scent, I, whatever was going to happen that night just got totally elevated because I went to a whole nother place. It was... I purposely had worn, you know, some new cologne. I wanted to try it out, but I the, just the reaction I got as soon as I hit the door, I was like, oh, yeah, boost me. That's what I was thinking, you know, but I think for me, I realized something that most men deal with is a lot of the things that um, at least my go-to items, they're all built around like things that are layered. And I, and I don't know why that is, but I mean, even with, even with, you know, with cologne, like, you know, it's different layers to cologne. You know, you got your, your EDTs, your toilets, your EDPs, your perfumes, um, you know, and, and then you've got the actual perfume, which is a little bit different. So a lot of people don't understand that. So, you know, you've got like cologne is just kind of like, that's kind of like just a basic level of concentration of oil. It's light. It's good for summers. Um, but a lot of people have taken cologne and kind of, kind of, just associated with being for just men, uh, particularly, uh, which is not necessarily the case. Um, but you know, for me, like I've always been drawn to cologne. I can tell you the very first cologne that I bought myself, I think I was probably maybe around like 15 that I actually purchased for myself. It was called Saruti image. I think, uh, I was in Virginia and we had went to like one of like those little outlet malls or whatever. And, I remember going in there and I I liked the type of bottle that it was in and I smelt it and I was like, yeah, I like this. And that was the very first time that I opened my cologne Pandora's box. And now I see the monster that I created because I am in love with fragrances and scents and it shows in every aspect of my life. But it just, I don't know, it just was something that, um, I just was drawn to and, you know, I just kind of continued to learn more and more about it, starting to understand the different layers and things to it. And so, you know, as you get older, they're like, oh, yeah, no, don't don't get that, man. Find you some of that perfume because it's going to last longer. And then, you know, for me, like, yeah, OK, of course, if you're going to pay, you know, you're going to pay decent money. Yeah, you want something that's going to last. You want something that's 
quality that's got the right notes that you prefer. Uh, but for me, you know, sometimes I, I've got now I'm at the point where, you know, I'm such a, a connoisseur. I've got I got my everyday fragrance. I got my work fragrance. I got my I need to run to the neighborhood Walmart fragrance. I got my I'm meeting some new people tonight fragrance. You know, I got I like to have options and I totally have, you know, kind of <laughs> spaced out my collection so that, hey, I can pretty much fit any need uh, that may come up. One of probably the biggest things is for me that helped me really was just kind of understand a lot of the different types of like fragrance families and how, you know, they how they work together and how how and when to actually like wear them. So, you know, you got your, your citrus, your floral, you've got kind of like a more, um, I guess you call it like a fern. Uh, and that's kind of more of like a, like a mossy lavender type, you know, that lavender, that help you sleep, you know, ooh, lull them right to sleep. Um, but then you got like your spicy woody ones. Those are more so like, I like those in like wintertime, like the, the woody spicy one. I'll tell you one of my absolute favorites. I, I'll be honest, I think I'd bought the last three, four winners in a row. It's Bagari, uh, Man in Black. Oh, man, I, it's, I, I like it. I, just, I like what works for me. A lot of people are like, oh, this is that. Listen here. I know that the primary reason that we wear it is to draw attention from people. Maybe whether it be the opposite sex, whether it be same sex, whatever. Um, you know, that, that's kind of like what it's turned into. Um, because that's what it does is people smell it. I'm like, oh, is that you? I'd be hoping that's a good thing they're saying. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, like now I'm just like, I find what works for me because, you know, after sometimes with really good cologne, you can't smell yourself, which doesn't bother me. Um, but sometimes, you know, when you initially put it on, you can't smell yourself. And I want to smell myself and I know what I like to smell. So. Uh, for me, I just think um, what became important was just understanding like these different these different layers to scent. So, you know, you hear people talk about like different notes. So you got your top notes, your base notes, your, you know, and so, you know, and, and that just really means, I mean, you know, it's, it's all jargon, you know, but, you know, the top note is kind of like the initial like kind of impression that you kind of get. And that's when you usually can tell if it's going to be like bright or citrusy, you know, and then you got your 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 heart notes, which are kind of like, kind of like in the middle. So it's like, like your heart's in the middle of your chest. Same thing, same concept, middle notes. Um, and that's kind of like the second level. So, you know, it's like, okay, once the fragrance starts to evaporate, kind of gives uh, a little bit more fainter of the top note. And then you've kind of got like your base note, which is like, you know, it's pretty much like once the, the fragrance is pretty much evaporated, um, you know, and most time you're going to get kind of like those heavier, like leathery, woodsy type scents out of those. So, you know, for me, it was just important to understand what the makeup of different fragrances are, you know, and how, you know, they kind of interact, you know, with me and, you know, my and 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 just my natural scent. So like some something that I do is if I know that I'm going to. If I'm taking a shower, bath or whatever, and I know, okay, hey, look, I got to 
you know, I got a date or I'm going to be seeing, you know, around or I'm going to be seeing some people or be around some people. And I know I got a specific fragrance that I want to wear. Then that'll determine like what type of body wash that I'll use. Like, you know, yeah, there's there's men's body wash that's fragrance or whatnot. But sometimes, you know, that body wash can linger and interfere with, you know, the cologne that you're going to wear. So for me, like I'm like, OK, yeah, well, I need to just get me some of this old <laughs> Dove clean or ivory, you know, clean. And, you know, then that way when I get out, I'm just going to have, bam, it's like a blank canvas. It's like when an artist is painting a painting, like, hey, look, I look, I'm going to start fresh and clean, you know, and, and build it from scratch. And so, you know, those are just some small tips and things that I do. Um, I'll tell you one thing, though, kind of like one of the strongest like uh, materials is kind of referred to as like the absolute. And so uh, for those of you that may be in the colognes, there's there's one by Armani and it's called Absolute uh, A.B. S-O-L-U. And I remember having I actually have this in the armrest of my car. What, what's left of it anyway? And it was and is wonderful. And the reason it's wonderful is, is it's one of the strongest uh, aromatic like uh, fragrances uh, that you can get. So kind of hence the name. So a lot of times what happens is, is uh, you know, your colognes and your, your perfumes have different names. A lot of times we don't know what those names means. A lot of times those names are references to maybe statements that those designers are trying to make, but a lot of them are also references to the actual sense of the fragrance as well. Let me tell you what else has layers that I really enjoy, and a lot of men do. I like a good old cigar. Ain't nothing like, let me tell you something, like, I'm not like a, like, I'm not like, you know, most people are like, oh, I don't smoke cigarettes. That's really not my thing. I don't have a problem with people that do. Um, but cigars have kind of become more of an acquired taste for me. And cigars are kind of just like cologne. Like they, they got layers. Like every cigar has three basic layers. Three. Just three. So filler, a blinder, and a wrapper. You know, your filler is that's your tobacco in the middle. Um your binder is kind of like the leaves that kind of wrap around that filler. Kind of like, think of it like saran wrap. That's pretty much what the binder is. It's like saran wrap. And then you've kind of got the actual wrapper. So the actual wrapper is like, think of it like this. It's like when you wrap a Christmas gift. It's like the wrapping paper. It's like, hey, look, this is... Uh, Without this paper, it's just the box. But when I put this paper on this box, it takes it up a notch. So that's pretty much your three levels of your cigars. Like a lot of people like, you know, like the look or the smell of cigars. I, I like it all. I like the look. I like the smell. I like um, the ritual. You know, but it's things about cigars. You got to be leery. You got to you got to be able to store them properly. You can't you don't want to have them unwrapped out in the open. They will they will wilt and you mess around and you'll ruin a really good cigar. You want to kind of feel your cigar to make sure that, you know, there's no soft spots, no lumps, no hard areas like, you know, it's it's, it's a whole ritual to this thing, you know, down to, you know, going from inspecting it to, OK, hey, how you cut it? So this was a big thing for me. Like I was like, OK, so um, I tried to light it and I couldn't get it lit. And then they told me that uh, I needed to cut it at the end. So it's a couple of different ways you can cut a cigar on the end. You can use just a standard, um, just a, a standard cutter that will just basically cut, you know, just a portion of the back end off. Or you can use like, um, 
It's kind of got like a hole punch. Uh, my favorite, though, is I like a V-cut. So V-cut is kind of like a slit. It's kind of like taking a knife and like scoring like a fillet, like, you know, just putting your little slit in there. I like that because you just need something that is going to allow you to be able to draw that heat through the cigar uh, so that the aroma from that tobacco will be able to swirl in your mouth. Now, this is different between cigars and cigarettes. You don't inhale the cigar. You puff a cigar. Totally different. A lot of people are like, well, what's the difference? Yes, they're both tobacco. So we know that in, in cases where you're using something regularly, you know, there are adverse effects. So everybody, please be mindful of that. Don't think because, oh, it's cute. It's nice looking. It's got a nice wrapper. It's got a ribbon on it. It's got this on it. You know, there still can be adverse effects. Yes. But, you know, for me, I like to put a good slit in my cigar. And then what you want to do is you want to take, I typically use a torch lighter on cigars. I don't use, I don't light cigars on anything else. Now, usually you'll see people light a cigarette on anything. They'll use a uh, a regular cigarette lighter. They use a candle, a match. I don't necessarily do that with my cigars. I use a torch uh, because cigars are so flavor based that I don't want anything to kind of interfere with what the flavor is in that particular cigar. And most of that flavor is going to come out of that wrapper um, that I told you guys about. Um, so, you know, for beginners, you want to kind of start with you like some mild flavors. You don't want to necessarily go to something that's real robust. Um, you might want to get you... Um, a, usually a thinner cigar, a uh, thinner diameter. Uh, and, you know, once you, if, you know, if it becomes your thing, you'll understand that how diameters are direct correlation to, you know, pretty much the, the, the potency of a lot of cigars. So, you know, in terms of lighting, what I typically do is, is I will use my torch. I will hold uh, the end of the cigar that I'm not lighting. And I just kind of do like circles at the um, at the opposite end of the cigar um, and kind of I'll kind of just roll through that, and, you know, just take a couple of puffs on it to really get it lit good. Because which because once you get a cigar lit good, if you've got a good size diameter cigar, this cigar might last you about two hours. So it doesn't mean that you have to smoke it, but it's just saying like it'll once you get it burning, it will continuously burn as long as uh, you're able to kind of draw that air through there. So to me, like I like cigars because you can pair them with so many great things. And a lot of people like to pair them with alcohol. And so you don't even necessarily have to pair them with alcohol. You can pair them with coffee. Um, you can use uh, uh, Kahlua. Uh, but, you know, my total favorite, anybody that knows me know, hey, I am team purple bag. So absolutely. I like Crown Royal. And when I tell you, I've always had a liking to Crown Royal. I don't know. It was just something about that purple bag. And it just worked for me. Uh, you know, and now, you know, look at it. It's a national brand um, straight out of Canada. Uh, you know, a lot of people like myself like it for that bag. Uh, but it has a great taste and a great finish that goes really well with 
a cigar. And just like a cigar, just like the clone we talked about, it's got layers to it. So you're talking about tasting notes. You got finishing notes um, when it comes to it. And so, I mean, you know, it's just things that, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, it's, this is overkill. It's too much to me. Whiskey is whiskey. It is. But, you know, you've got, you know, for people that are avid connoisseurs of this, you will notice, you know, you'll pick up on the vanilla notes if there's uh, caramel notes. Uh, sometimes you'll pick up like your your chocolate and your fruit notes, like all, all of this stuff. Um, there are undertones of like lemon zest in there. there are all types of things that, you know, just through sampling and, and understanding of how to properly maybe swish um, whiskey in your mouth, uh, you'll be able to pick up these notes with Crown Royal. One thing that I really like about Crown Royal is Crown Royal is always involved in the communities that... Uh, consume them as well. So a lot of people uh, may have saw me and I remember being stopped and I had on my jean jacket and it's got a, a lapel pin on it and it says Purple Bag Project. And people are like, what is that? And, you know, at first glance, it just looks like, oh, it's just a Crown Royal pin. But no, the Purple Bag Project is actually something that Crown Royal uh, is doing to help benefit minority veterans. So for me, um, really close to home because I actually used to work uh, at a uh, VA hospital. So, you know, I know uh, I would see a lot of vets that would come in and, you know, you talk about being opened up to, you know, people who sacrifice themselves so you could be where you're at now and who, who gave up, you know, different parts and aspects of their life, uh, you know, for, um, you know, the betterment of our country as a whole. So, you know, I, I support the Purple Bag Project. It supports minorities, uh, minorities uh, that were vets uh, and donates proceeds uh, to those individuals. So definitely shout out the Crown Royal and the Purple Bag Project. Um, I tell you what, they don't ever have to worry about losing me as a loyal customer um, because one thing I can say, whether it's in the bag, whether it's not in the bag, that's some good stuff. So time for your favorite segment, my favorite segment and everybody else's time to dig in that old bag. And when I tell you there were people that were like, look, I got some questions, LB, and I can't wait for your next episode. So I had some questions that I literally had to like just reach directly back out to people on. And so, you know, hey, you guys kind of put the pressure on me and, you know, but I try to aim to please. So, you know, no harm, no foul. So, boom, jumping into today's Dear LB. Um, mm, mm, mm. I shouldn't I shouldn't have read this one in my head now. I'm feeling some type of way already. So <laughs> first question says, Dear LB, what do men find intriguing about a woman? What? What I mean, what do you do you, first of all, do you understand how broad of a question that that is? Like what are we for everything? Everything. The way you talk, walk, the way y'all smile, the way you put on lip gloss, lipstick, the way you Look in heels, skirts, dresses, sh- anything. You, however, women come, we love you. Like now, now, don't get me wrong. We know, just like us, there's cons to every pros. But um, I'll tell you, I'll I'll kind of just talk about things that are intriguing to me. That other than just the 
And, you know, physically, we, we good gosh, let me tell you something. Ooh, we love us some you. Goodness gracious. Just, oh, just mm, my blood pressure going up. Think about it. So I can tell you things that I, mean, t- I can tell you a story that really intrigued me into a woman. So there was this woman that um, I told I totally bumped into her on accident. Like there was nothing I had never saw this woman before and I see her and I kid you not I am I'm instantly smitten I I am so smitten by this woman like I can't I'm nervous and I rarely get nervous and I can't I can't get it together like I'm trying to I don't know who she is I don't know where she's from I don't know if I'm a type I don't really care she gonna have to tear me no and so I meet this woman and um, it's kind of weird. I'm not going to tell the whole story because it's kind of long, but fast forward, I see her and it's almost like she disappears. Like I don't, I turn my head for a minute and I look back and she's gone and I don't find her again. And I'm literally like, I'm sick. Like I am just totally sick. Like you got to be kidding me. And maybe a month or two goes by and just so happen, I see the same woman again. And I'm like, nope, I'm not missing it this time. So I'm not necessarily looking my best. I don't necessarily have my best cologne on. I'm not worried about it. I'm like, you know what? I just need to establish communication. And so I go up to her and I see she's on the phone. So I keep walking by. I'm like, gosh. So I grab like, uh, I grab like an old receipt. This is 1000% true. And I write like a little note on the back of the receipt and I go back by where she was sitting at and I dropped the note off with her and I kept walking. And the note basically was like, hey, I saw you on the phone. I didn't want to interrupt you, but um, I just wanted to introduce myself. And I've been looking for you for a long time. And I know it sounds weird, but nice to meet you. My name is Linwood. Something like that. Something like that. You know, so boom, I do it. And I'm just like, I'll be honest with you, I'm just, I'm physically smitten with her. That's what's really driving, because I don't know anything about her. And so time goes on and she reaches out to me. And I mean, I'm like, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Like, I'm so excited. And the only thing I had that I was intrigued by, though, was like, you know, her physical beauty, because I hadn't, um, I hadn't got to know anything else about her. And then I remember one morning she, she, um, she called me and it was really early and it caught me off guard, but I'm excited because anytime I got to talk to her, I was like, yeah, you know, and she calls me and I answer the phone and I'm wondering like what she's going to say. Like, I'm like, this is what I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, oh, she done woke up thinking about me. Oh yeah. I'm getting in there now. That's what I'm thinking. And contrary to my thoughts, she called me because she said, Hey, I was, looking over these different uh, job vacancies and I read a couple that I thought you'd be really good for and I just wanted to like share them with you uh, because I know how talented you are and I didn't want you to miss out on these opportunities and let me tell you something when I say I didn't think I could be more intrigued 
than how I was based on her physical attributes. That was so intriguing to me. A supportive woman. Oh God, ain't that, let me tell you something. For, for the men that have one, and I've had several, and I'm not just saying she's the only one. That's just the, the example that I chose to put out. But, you know, a woman that believes in you, a, a partner that believes in you, like it's, it's wonderful. Like it's... When you don't get a chance to drop your head because you know that somebody is already going to be there to elevate that chin right back up, that's a wonderful feeling, man. I, oh, ooh, mm, mm, mm. I think, you know, she moved on with her life. But anyway, um, but I that's one of the things that really intrigues me about a woman, a woman that is is supportive, is confident, is intelligent, articulate, um, considerate, um, and, and respectful. I can't, I can't, I can't stress this to you enough. Listen, don't no man want no woman that is as rough or almost as rough as him. I don't, I don't, if, that, if that's the case, then, you know, I'm not even gonna go there. All I'm gonna say is, is the vast, <laughs> I think we're all products I know that we're all products of our environment, but I think it's important that we understand that there are going to be moments where it has to be okay to be vulnerable. And and men and women alike have to be open and, and be okay with that. But I digress. So I'm going to tell you what else intrigues me about it. Uh, a woman. Oh, I like ambition. Oh, I like a woman that got a plan. Oh, let me tell you something. Girl, I'll be right behind you. Why are you waving that flag? Because I'm team you. I really like an ambitious woman, um, a woman that and w- women are naturally nurturers. Uh, but I tell you what, like, even for me, I don't have kids of my own. But when I do meet women, I look at the type of parents that they are, because that's very important to me. The type, if a woman is a great parent, let me tell you something. She can have 10 kids. That's still a turn on to me. Okay, eight. Um, but <laughs> somebody's looking at me like, eight? Hey, look, whatever. That, that, that ain't got nothing to do with this. Um, but, you know, those are just some of the things that, like, you know, we we know that, yes, men physically are always in the women. So that's why I didn't even go down that rabbit hole because, you know, it's easy to, to say those typical things. But, you know, I didn't mention a lot of the other stuff like cooking. I, I don't, that's not, I mean, you know, it's cooking is something that can be taught. You know, the things that intrigue most men are those things that are intangible, those things that, that can't be taught, that are just naturally like instinctive, like, you know, it, those those things go a very long way. <laughs> All right. I definitely got plenty more to say on that, but I don't want to leave this next question out. So, dear LB, why do most men feel like they should prioritize physical toughness over sensitivity? Um, It's kind of like, you know, what I've, something that I said earlier, like, I don't know if it's men prioritizing the physical toughness over sensitivity. That's how, that's how society has kind of created this narrative. Like, hey, if you're a man, you got to be, you know, this certain way. Like, I think it's, I don't think every man wants to be like a hard ass, like, oh, I'm, I'm he man, biggity, biggity, you know, but 
it's just kind of, it's one of those, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of like an expectation that society has put on us. Like, I'll tell you this. This is something that I was never able to figure out. So think about this. Think about like, um, let's say you have, um, let's say you have a, a young boy and let's say he's seven. And let's say this young boy is very active and physical and he likes to run, jump and play. And, you know, he likes to be outdoors and he likes to play sports. And so he's always on the move. And so you you as a parent, you take him to the park. I'll, I'll say me. I'll say I'll be the parent. I take him to the park. And because I know, you know, he likes to be outside and, you know, and I like to be out there with him and we're throwing the football and we're playing, you know, different things. And he falls and hurts himself. And me as a father, I my first reaction is not, hey, are you okay?" The first thing I say is, oh, shake it off, son. Be a man. Now, when you're listening for it, do you see how oxymoronic that sounds? We're telling a child to be a man. What does that mean to that child? Does that mean, hey, don't show pain? Don't show any emotion? Like, what does that mean? So do you understand, like, how we can say things to children at young ages? And it totally formulates how they either internalize or externalize their emotions. I... I, I, I can tell you this, as I done got older, I've become more in touch with uh, my sensitivity. I was telling, and people think like I'm just trying to be funny. Like I'm serious. Since probably about like, you know, once I hit like mid thirties, man, my tear ducts bust wide open. Like I have, I haven't cried this much in my life. And I don't mean just like, oh, I'm just, oh, oh, they're out of my favorite series. Not that type of cry, but you know, just, I think you realize that the world that we live in, there's no way that you can just internalize everything that goes on around you and, and, and not have some type of outlet. So I think it's just important that for men and for women, like we have to find balance in communicating that it's OK to have emotions and show them. And, and teach each other like how to manage those emotions and not let those most emotions manage us, um, you know, but also at the same time, like, you know, allow there to be some natural progression on things like, you know, kids are kids, no matter if they're a, a male or a female. And, you know, they they're going to go through emotions that are kids. And I think the important thing is, is to explain the why. You know, and, and to help be a part of understanding that lesson. So versus me saying to my son, be a man, saying first saying to him, are you OK? Checking on him, letting him know that I care, letting him know, hey, um, I, the same as a mother would. Hey, come on, I'm going to take you in the men's room and I'll clean your knee up and I'll get you a bandaid. And, you know, things that things that are more nurturing because just because you're a father, it's not just your job to teach them how to be a man. It's your job to protect them as they are still a boy. Very good question. I like that. I definitely want to talk about that more. I thank you guys again for your content. Hey, thank you guys uh, for following me on Facebook and Instagram. At Instagram, it's ATM 
underscore LB. That's all lowercase. ATM underscore LB. Facebook is Lemon Lee Bracken Jr. Feel free to make any suggestions on any questions that you might have, anything that you might like me to discuss. Um, and just always remember, man, hey, we don't exist for a single purpose. Men are everlasting with multifaceted preachers of greatness, and we are totally and absolutely necessary. This has been another episode of According to Man. I'm your host, LB. Until next time. Amplify is a podcast network made up of people of color and operating out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Amplify is a project of Rise Chattanooga, a minority-based cultural arts nonprofit organization focused on community education, performance, and arts and cultural preservation. You can find all of the podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and risecha.org. Thank you so much for listening.